0: This is the Home Bodies Yoga Podcast, and I'm Rebecca Hirsch, and this is our 33rd episode. In this podcast, I ask people what they do when they unroll their yoga mat and tell you a little bit about what's going on online. If you have a question about your yoga practice or a suggestion for a guest, please email me at Rebecca at Home Bodies Yoga. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at HomeBodiesYogaPodcast. But to find out more about each show, please go to our website, HomeBodiesYoga.com. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And rating and reviewing and subscribing really help people find the show. So um, if you haven't already, I would really appreciate you running over to Apple or wherever you're listening and rating and reviewing and maybe subscribing. <laughs> Um, So my guest today hardly needs any introduction. If you have taught in the Bay Area, if you have taught prenatal yoga, if you have been pregnant and done yoga, basically, or if you've been, I think, anywhere in the world at this point, you know my guest today, Jane Austen. Um, I'm so excited to have her. She's been on my list since since I started thinking about having a podcast. I knew I wanted to talk to her. Uh, And I am going to just read from you her bio. She doesn't Probably need an introduction, but let's give her one anyway. Jane Austen has worked with pregnant people and their families since 1990. She's a certified yoga teacher and trainer. Jane is the founder and director of Mama Tree, a prenatal yoga school dedicated to educating yoga teachers, doulas, and midwives on how to use the tools of yoga to support pregnant people and new parents in all stages of childbearing re- year and beyond. She weaves le- her experience as a midwife, doula, childbirth educator, and mother into her work. Jane's teacher training program attracts students from all over the world interested in learning how to utilize the practice of yoga to support pregnant and new parents physically, mentally, and emotionally. By training teachers, it is her hope to make yoga accessible to anyone who wants to experience the benefits of this ancient and powerful tradition. Jane also teaches the yoga and pregnancy component of many yoga teacher training schools and served as a perinatal director of Yoga Tree in San Francisco. She currently teaches yoga to over 200 mamas a week, and her mission is to offer pregnant folks and new parents a mindful, supportive, and nourishing environment using both humor and compassion to create a sacred but authentic place to connect to themselves and their babes inside and out. I don't know if you guys know this, but um, when you're a yoga instructor, you write your own bio, and I always find it interesting because, I know I found it very difficult as a teacher because it's hard to know really what you do. Um, and you can tell Jane really knows herself and knows what it is she offers her students because that is exactly how, if I was as well worded as her, that's ex- well first as her, that's exactly how I would explain her classes. Um, I also did her training, which really, uh, went so far beyond me learning how to teach, you know, warrior two, to a person who's pregnant, to like really changing my life and the way I thought about things, um. For a really long time, I thought of my body as a object, that it was this thing I had to manipulate to make acceptable for the people around me, uh, for better or worse. That's just the way, I don't know, culturally or whatever I felt. Um, and you can and Jane's training, and really the yoga practice as a whole, but I think it came into focus when I was in Jane's training um, that thinking of my body more as a tool, as this vehicle for creation. And I'm not just talking about, you know, whether or not someone has the ability to biologically have children or whether or not even someone wants to be a parent, but that the body can be this tool to make to change, right? To create change, that the body can create life, that the body can sustain life and nourish life. And, and I'm not talking just about babies, you know, I'm talking about artistic endeavors or um, nourishing the community around you and caring for the community around you and creating new ways of um, helping those in need and things like that. Um, and it really, uh, Jane's training and also just you know the yoga practice in general has really taught me that and for that I mean really changed my life forever um and and I think another thing I learned from Jane's training is just like what you need to create new life you need space and you need security and you need even a sense of sort of playfulness um and you need to be supported and you need in you know encouragement um, and Jane is the biggest cheerleader. And I think, you know, not just when you're about to give birth or you're growing a person, you know, in, in all aspects of life, those are things you need to create new things. So it's actually something I really think about a lot in so many different aspects of my life you know, with my friends, with my family, with everything, really. Um, Yeah, I've just also been thinking so much about transitions. Um, You know, in this interview, Jane talks about how her, um, you know, she loves her job because it's a huge, she gets to be at sort of this point of huge transition when, you know, someone's life changes forever because they have a child or they have another child. Um, And feel like the transition has been a big theme this podcast lately because we talked to Mike right as he was retiring we talked to Sarah she was changing from being a yoga instructor to a landscape designer we talked to um who else oh Shirley who is going on her sabbatical like right the day she was going on the sabbatical I just feel like transitions have kept coming up um and and you know I've been thinking about that with my asana practice and I think so much that's something the asana practice prepares you for because really you know you're not in poses that long and so much more of the practice is about the time between the poses than the actual time right and even then even then you're in your life so much you live your life so much more than you are doing your yoga practice so it's that transition from in your yoga practice to out from your meditation to back out like all of that is so important and so interesting um the, the ability to be graceful in transition is such a good thing to practice for me in my asana practice, like, you know, being graceful coming from warrior two back to plank or being graceful during a vinyasa, even, you know, and not rushing through it or or finding grace and that space between, you know, the time you put weight on your, your time from a standing split to a handstand when you transfer your weight from your feet to your hands, um, I don't know, I've just been finding that so interesting in my practice where like I just like to do the same transition over and over, <laughs> like that transition from warrior two to triangle, like simple things, or that transition from triangle to Ardha chandrasana, from, you know, a low lunge even in sun salutations, a low lunge to back to plank. I've just been finding it so interesting where like I'll do the same transition like four times. It's almost like someone's pressing rewind over and over <laughs> Been really enjoying it in my practice lately, and it feels no, there's something about it that feels like it's really utilize, utilizing my body in a different way than static poses do. Uh, like, I can kind of feel my muscles working together, if that makes any sense. Uh, anyway, I'm wasting your time because this interview with Jane Austen is so great, and I'm so excited for you here. Please let me know what you think. Um, and yeah, without further ado, here is Jane Austen. Welcome Jane. Can we
1: talk a little bit about what your practice has been like these days? Yeah. Well, thank you so much for asking and I'm just so delighted to be here and to chat with you and geek out on yoga. <laughs> <laughs> so that's awesome. Um you know, it's yeah, it's funny. I was just telling Rebecca that I am in my daughter's old room and when she moved out, she's 24. When she moved out, um her room became my yoga studio, which is like we live in San Francisco. We don't live in a very big house. Um, And so a home practice has always been like, I could do it next to my bed or in the living room, but you know, who's in the living room people. So, so did I have a home practice before the pandemic a little bit, a little bit, but honestly, yoga was always a refuge away from my family. (laughs) My kids would be like, mom, go to like, I'll go to class, you know? So I would be like, gotta go. So um, it actually has really shifted how I practice um, with the, with the pandemic in particular, I have my own dedicated space. This is literally, nobody comes in here. I took, picked and cho- chose the artwork from my house that I wanted to look at every day. And I look at that when I practice, it's really Beautiful. I actually have my—I if you. Can see, I've got my altar of pelvises over there. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have all my things around me, and you know, I I do do a weekly class with a friend. We we zoom and we call it Old Lady Rocket because it's based on uh, Larry Schultz's It's Yoga, which was based on Patabi Joyce's um, uh, Shatanga practice. So, but we do it kind of, so we call it old lady rocket. We're both like in our fifties. And so we, um, it's, it's a little bit like vinyasa at first, you know, sun salutations going through sort of the standing poses and all of that. And then we always end up on the floor. I mean, come on, like what's better than supine yoga, man. That's that's why I love Pilates. I was like, any exercise I can do on my back, I'm good. So I do Pilates twice a week. Actually, I love it. I do it with Steph Forster. She has uh, classes that she teaches. Um, you remember Steph? She was in. The, she came into the training. She got. She has prego no Pilates, but she does really great post. Uh, well, postnatal, post, 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 postnatal. Anybody's welcome to come to that class. I mean, my kids are twenty-one and twenty-four, so. <laughs> And I go to her intermediate postnatal class. So, But but my friend, another friend of mine, Katie, she was actually ran Larry Schultz's um, It's Yoga for a decade, a long time. So she's really steeped in that. I, I practiced Ashtanga yoga probably for four or five years, you know, a long time ago. But there was a really great yoga studio in um, The Mission that I loved going to Devorah Sachs was there. uh, Alice Juano was like there, it was Alice's place, but Devorah was there. So she's a, you know, hardcore Shtangi lady. She's, she still runs a Mysore room. I haven't done Mysore in a long, long time, but, but that practice there's, it's, it's, I wouldn't say like my sister is a full on Shtangi. So that's like her home. Like she rolls out her mat series one, you know, first series, second series, some a third, you know, I'm, I don't, I don't have that at all. I don't have that level of familiarity, but I do have a resonance with the practice and I, you know, it it suits my pitta nature to have something that feels a little fiery. Um, It's, it's good for me that I don't do it all the time, that that's not my only practice, but I do do it once a week. And it's really, really nourishing. And it's really, fun to have my yoga buddy we actually used to practice um at yoga tree valencia in the back room do you remember there was a little back room in the mm-hmm. yoga tree valencia so katie and i after my class every week she would come up. actually we did it twice a week we would practice in that little back space and that was great because there was a little studio and there were just two of us periodically we would, would invite people in you know it was like should we invite somebody to our yoga party <laughs> so so katie and i continued we just do it once a week this now but we continue through all the way through the pandemic. So we meet once a week. We roll out our mat. We try not to talk too much. We talk, but <laughs> so we try not to talk too much. And we'll be like, let's do all the standing poses and then we can talk. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, when we're doing Suptapan and Gustasana, we're on the floor with our straps. Oh, we love strokes. Suptapan and Gustasana with a strap is just like, it's like spa. It's like uh, spa yoga. But I also, um, I, like I said, I, we used to do, I, I used to do Iyengar yoga with mostly Janet McLeod, but also with Tony Briggs. And, um, I, I love the back bends on a chair. So I've got, I well, these it's over there, but I've got, a, I've got a chair. I do like Viparita Dandasana on a chair, you know, with your feet at the wall and a bolster underneath your head and you're laying over the chair. I, I do, um, Viparita Karani on a chair. I do, um. Sarvangasana on a chair so it's really I mean I don't I hate shoulder stand I freaking hate shoulder stand same yeah shoulder stands the, the devil um and, and and I practiced ashtanga yoga so I did it without blankets for a long time a long ass time and you know what never again never again will I. like if I like if I'm in a random yoga class and the teacher's like let's do shoulder stand and there's not like instruction or time to go get blankets i'm like yeah i'm not doing that i'm not doing that i'll i'll uh do say banda or something i'm not my neck doesn't do that it doesn't feel right to me um but i love it i like it i like it with blankets okay but i love it on a chair because you've got the the metal chair in your like on your shoulder blades and just it gives you that list and you can put that lift and you can put your hands underneath and it just ah oh, it's like it's glorious. It's glorious that way. So that um that's just been really nice. And I, I made a commitment to Katie that I would get on my chair at least once a week and do those po- do those postures in particular. So she kind of checks in with me. <laughs> do you like get on the chair? I'm like, yes, I did. And if I can do it more than once a week, that's awesome. That's super, super awesome. I also have developed a yoga nidra practice, which is just. Nourishing. So nourishing. I, I did a training with Uma Um, She's got the Yoga Nidra network. She's brilliant. And just putting her, putting her in my ears and doing a practice with her is great. I just got Tracy um, Stanley's book. Um, I think it's called radiant rest. Also really beautiful, beautiful practices. So yeah, um, I'm really, I, I'm really into that. It's it's so nice, and and we have a culture that's like go 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 and do 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 do. And and I do some little fitness stuff on that. You know, I I got like a little fitness app that I do, so I I get my little fitness stuff in, and 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 I did Zumba for a little while at the beginning of the pandemic, which I love because it was just like all these old ladies dancing. It was like, oh my <laughs> god, this is it, you know. When I was younger, I definitely poo-pooed something like Zumba, like what the heck? But a friend of mine, who's like my age, lives in Millie Valley, was teaching free classes on Zoom and it was so fun. I was like, this is hilarious and fun. And then, I mean, what what can be better than that? Like fun, like something that's fun. So, you know, the practice is really like my movement practice is really, um, it's evolved. It's not just about rolling out the yoga mat and doing my sun salutations. Although I still do those because those are really fun. And I like to keep my Chaturanga chops up, but um, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's definitely evolved and our bodies change. I mean, that's the brilliant thing about being in a woman born body is that our bodies change and our needs change. And sometimes a Supta Baddha Konasana with support underneath the knees is just like, Awesome, Viparita Karani, legs up the wall. Like, oh, like that, those poses are heaven. They're absolute heaven. So I would say definitely I do much more restorative yoga than I ever did when I was younger. And in fact, I probably went to a half a dozen restorative classes. You know, it just wasn't, I liked them. They were nice, but I just never really did them. And now I have it as a part of my home practice, which feels really good and nourishing. so (laughs) It's really good. It is
0: funny. It's very hard for me to get to do, to convince myself once I do it, it's great, but to convince myself to do like a yoga nidra or, um, any kind of relaxation practice. Like if I have 20 minutes, I'm like, Oh no, you better like really do something. Isn't it so
1: silly? Well, it is silly, but, but it's like that, but that's sort of cultural too. Mm -hmm. And it's also, it's also your age. I mean, once you get older and I've, I've lived many lifetimes of yoga, you know, I've done all different kinds of yoga. I've done, you know, like I said, Ashtanga and I've gone into the Iyengar where you like hang upside down on ropes, like a freaking bat. You know, I, 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 I kind of love it all. I kind of love it all. Um, you know, when I went through menopause um, and into perimenopause, like those hot vinyasa classes, I was like, oh, God, no. I couldn't go into a hot room. I was like... I already have a sweaty puss, you know, like (laughs) already I'm just hot thinking about those classes. So once I was kind of going into and having those real menopause symptoms and, you know, I managed them with herbs and, and, and cooling practices. So, but I just like the idea of going into a room where everybody is like sweating, I don't care if they're sweating their freaking prayers. I don't want to be near anybody's sweat. I just (laughs) never, but like, you know, I did, Ashtanga, I did hardcore, like sweaty practices for sure. But like once my body made that change, I, um, I, I like to, to, to lay down <laughs>
0: I know. say, And that is one really good thing about Pilates is like, you're laying down, but you're working. Oh
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I like love, I love Pilates.
0: Especially a sideline series in Pilates, or in Pilates oh, yeah. is like my favorite, like laying oh, on yeah. your I, side. I, I like
1: everything on the roller. I'm yeah. Like, that roller. Oh, the sideline stuff. All oh, the side butt stuff. That stuff kills me. Oh, it, oh, it like, feels so oh, good. My, oh, it's so hard. It's so hard. I know. Whenever Steph is like sideline, I'm like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> i always request i want supine poses like on your back I want on your back poses i want to be laying down the whole I time no i mean i love i can't wait to get back into the pilates studio and get on a reformer Mm-mm. i haven't been on a reformer in so long have you ever done gyrotonics no but i've that's, heard a lot about it that's like with the big machines so you're, you're like in, it's like big gears. It's very cool. It's very cool. But you know what? It's so interesting when I, when I, well, I've only done it a couple of times. I was like, whoever invented this knows kundalini yoga. It's a lot of that same kind of movement that they do in the kundalini uh, practices. I'm like, this guy made a big giant equipment so you could do kundalini yoga <laughs> <laughs> or woman. I don't know who invented the machine. I think it was a man, but anyway, so. I, I, I do miss the machines. I did get an arc, though when um when um, the yoga works went out of business. They were selling all their Pilates equipment. And I got a I got a wooden arc, and that's really fun. I like doing that. I like doing the side stuff on that.
0: Oh yeah, it feels so good on your waist. You can like really feel the stretch and the like strengthening at the same time. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And then you get you take a deeper breath, and you're like, oh my god, that was
0: amazing. (laughs) Right? Yeah, right between the ribs.
1: Uh, (laughs) I just
0: love what you said about not wanting to do yoga with your family. Can I just because I have interviewed a lot of moms on this podcast who say like oh you know i just include them in my practice and i've had like some guilt like oh i should include my kid <laughs> and i had to tell i, you, I, I hate get it off I get off me i get off me you're
1: on me all day i want to be alone i'm in hands and knees i am not a horse <laughs> i'm not a horse and you know and and i get it and i've definitely done that before done yoga with my kids kind of crawling around me but it's really distracting like you can't go into your brain or into your mind and, and find calmness. It's like, Oh, uh, uh, and then you're like pulling something out of their mouth or, you know, they start jumping on the couch and then jumping on the couch onto you. And yeah, no, I, and I get it. Like it's fun it's sweet, but.
0: It's not a yoga. I wanna, it doesn't feel like a yoga practice to me. It
1: doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It's sort of like doing yoga shapes in chaos.
0: Yes. It's funny. Actually, Hudson did yoga at his preschool. And when I went to pick him up, his teacher said that he said, he told his teacher, he was like, mommy does yoga in her room by herself.
1: (laughs) And I was like, yes, I do son. Yes. And the door is closed. Oh my God. That's That's so perfect. That's so perfect. Well, you know, I guess I could say, Oh, I love doing yoga with my children, but I just, it's not really my, it's not my thing. I love my kids. I love doing lots of things with them. I like going on hikes with them when they were old enough to do that. I like dancing with them at concerts. But yoga, yoga was like, yoga was for me, you know? It was for me. It was like the time I could get away and just drop into myself, do something that was really nourishing to me. And my husband, like, bless his heart, he, I mean, he almost... Oh, and whenever I I said, "Hey, baby, can I?" and he'd be like, "Go!" <laughs> <laughs> and and you know that's the same when he goes surfing. You know, it's like, "Go surfing!" Because when you, that's his yoga, he does like the idea of going into a room and doing stretches with people. That's like not even a thing for him, which is hilarious because I did that for I did that and do that for decades. Um, but he, I mean, he finds he finds connection in the waves you know, with the the surf and with the animals out there and he had a total like come like a uh, connection with a seagull. He said a seagull was like just floating out there by him. And he's like, and seagulls never just like float by me. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I have a total total, like connection with nature, but, but, you know, same, I would just be like, you know, I just need that space for myself. You know, I breastfed my kids for a long time. You know, I, I, I took care of them, you know, I I left midwifery and I didn't have a job. It was before I started teaching um, all the time. And it was just my, chance to, to get away from them. And I love my children very much, but I need to get away from them sometimes. And that's always what yoga was for me. It was a sanctuary for me to, to go to. So, and then, you know, and then the irony is that I like, I, I practice yoga in her room. <laughs> <laughs> I always, I always was waiting. And I actually really like, I really like my son's room. He's in college. So all his, his shit is still in his room. <laughs> that's that's my next space <laughs> <laughs> you have a I'll yoga always, room I'll and like a an art studio oh. and, and then um yeah and then I'll take his room
0: <laughs> I love what you said about your husband because I was reading one of your articles for Elephant Journal where you said uh, kindness is self-care, like kindness to your partner is a part of self-care. Yeah. I just love that because I feel like so much self-care can seem like, you know, something you buy or something you do or somewhere you go or, you know, a service. But like, I don't know, I really love that idea. And it's felt like, I don't know, I was a married four years person. It felt like really good marriage
1: advice, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Since I've been doing it for 30. Wow. 30. <laughs> yeah, we've been together room. Definitely there's there's the yoga practice of relationship. I mean, Deskachar says that yoga is relationship, you know, it's the relationship that we cultivate with ourselves and then how that manifests in the world and how we're in relationship to other people, you know, and the people that we love the most and the people that we're closest to, those are the, you know, the most can be the most challenging relationships the ones that afford you the opportunity to grow and learn and, you know, be mad and all the stuff that we are. <laughs> I just, I just did a, um was interviewed by uh, Sarah Ezra. she's, she, I don't know if you know Sarah, she, you might know her. She, she taught yoga works forever and she writes, she's a writer. And she, she just is like, you know, she's kind of one of those moms out there on social media a lot, just like saying it like it is, which I always love people who just say it like it is. <laughs> and I was telling her that, you know, she she was saying something something to the effect of like, oh, how does yoga like reflect, and you know, your to children, like how you know. And I was like, you know what, <laughs> my superpower as a mother is my capacity to apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. When I make mistakes, you know, it's like I'm not like teaching them yoga; I'm showing them what it's like to be a human and and apologize and 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 show kindness and compassion and empathy and all those things that's all yoga that's what patanjali was talking about that whole time you know we cultivate that you know capacity on the mat so that we can actually do it you know to actually utilize those tools so you know i always say i don't do yoga uh, because I'm calm. <laughs> I'm not calm. I am not calm. I am that lady. Like we're late. Where? You know. <laughs> so when that happens, I now I can just sit on the couch and let my husband take his own sweet time. And uh, my my brother in law said the best thing I ever heard. Were for somebody like me who can't be late to anything. He said, "You're not late till you get there." <laughs> I'm the same and way. That is, isn't, isn't that brilliant? Yeah. It's like, oh my god, because I worry so much about being wait- late, and I'm rarely late. <laughs> I'm rarely late, but I worry about it, and, I, and it stresses me out. And then, yeah, so I just love that. I remember that, and I remember that as like a mantra. And I sit on the couch and and wait, and and you know, read or do do something else to kind of occupy my mind. Maybe take some deep breaths while my husband. You know, gets ready.
0: <laughs> yeah, it takes a time. That's so funny. I love, I feel like it's a crossover from teaching for so long. For me too. I think it's like because you can't be late to teach. So right. like I think I think we just get in this mindset that everything is a class. Like a party is a class. Like every
1: <laughs> <laughs> like I can't be one minute late. Not even a yeah. minute. Yeah, it's so funny. I am the person sitting in my car because I'm ten minutes early. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mean. But also that that like sitting in your car like. Especially when there's nobody else in it, it's like heaven. It's like spa driving. It's spa sitting in your car. Like it's such a you know you're just in this little space where you can breathe. You know I I always loved being in the car by myself. Cause normally I wasn't, you're just not in the car by yourself. There's people there, there's car seats, there's people throwing shit, you know?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so Hudson is very, very chatty. Like even his teacher was like, wow, he really can talk, um, which is so cute and great. But since then, since he started talking, I now, when he gets out of the car, I, whenever I'm driving, I, it's sitting there in silence, <laughs> like a psychopath. Cause I'm like, I just need it to be quiet
1: for yes. a little while. <laughs> yes, totally. I, I I hear you. I like, I totally, totally hear you. <laughs> I know. And I love that he's chatting. That is just super sweet. My daughter was actually an early talker. My son was a late talker. I was like, is he gonna talk ever? <laughs> you know, whereas my daughter's like talking in complete sentences by the time she's 18 months, he was like three before he uttered. I mean, You know, multi, you know, lettered uh, sentences, multi-word sentences. (laughs) So so different, but yeah, she was definitely very like chatty, and she loved to like show off her words.
0: Yes, definitely. That's how Hudson (laughs) is. Too a lot of whys. Oh, why? Of course, course. (laughs) very curious. (laughs) Um, But I did actually. I feel like um, if anyone is ever curious, if they should do prenatal yoga with you. Um, I wanted to tell you about how Hudson was born because I think it's a testament to prenatal yoga, honestly. Uh, So I, I gave birth at Kaiser and I was very serious about wanting a midwife, Mm -hmm. not an OB. So, you know, like the whole time signing up for midwife. By the time I was pushing, uh, there was only one midwife on staff and there was a woman who had a baby already in the room Mm -hmm. next door. And she, um, so they're like, Oh, that baby's going to come sooner. Cause we were like at the same, about the same point. So, right. you know, about 20 minutes in the midwife comes in. She like, looks at me. She's like, eh, like you can start pushing. It's not going to be for a while. So I sit down, I have, you know, my knees on the ground, elbows on the bed. Yeah. Uh, thank God the midwife or the doula put something underneath my knees. No one yeah. in the room with me, but my husband and my doula, everyone's over next door thinking the baby's going to be born next door. All of a sudden I'm pushing <laughs> 10 minutes of pushing. He came out on the floor, Jane, on the floor. <laughs> they like came rushing in. I So I, he came on the floor. I stood up cause I, you know, and I turned around and I said to my husband, I had the baby and I picked him up and I'm standing there holding him <laughs> in this room. They all come like rushing in. Wow. It was unbelievable. I was like, I cannot, I, I just, he just came right. I mean, pushed him right out. <laughs> it's unbelievable
1: wow that is amazing was your husband just like wow yes we all I mean and I was like <laughs> of, like, singing, like, oh that's baby's coming
0: now you know just <laughs> came right out like right on the floor luckily his head landed right on that pillow but like
1: wow <laughs> no but it's funny because babies actually they're, they're quite there there are cultures all over the world that the, the babies actually drop onto the ground I mean when the mom's on hands and knees like that uh. that baby drops down that they're fine that's like you know, I mean, it's not like you're a giraffe and the baby's dropping, you know. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it was like a foot. So, I mean, that's like, that's, that's funny. That's happened with my sister, too. That, that baby, she was on hands and knees and that baby just like hit the ground. Right out! It was amazing. Oh, they're they're like, like rubber. They're like little balls. You know, they're <laughs> fine. They're totally fine. Wow. I love that you're like, your inclination was to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, well, something's going on back there. <laughs> Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. And then did you, did you stay in that position to birth the placenta or did they make you get up on the bed? They made me
0: get on the bed to birth the placenta, which was less pleasant. I think I would have been better staying
1: there, but that was or even just in hands and knees. That's a super common position to birth the placenta in as well. So, but yeah, of course they had to like usher you into the bed. Right. I just like had a baby. I, you know. Well, it was so funny because the doctor came
0: in, the midwife came in, and had this this other nurse, and they were all like, "You, you know, telling my husband what to do," and he's like, "She already had the baby. You weren't even here. Like, what are you doing here? I was like, get out. We're fine." <laughs> I love
1: that. Oh my God. That's so
0: cute. Like, yeah, we did that. We totally did that. Yeah. We We got this under control, but thank you anyway.
1: <laughs> no, you're going to be a good candidate for a home birth if you're interested. <laughs>
0: I know. Well, I mean, basically I think if we have another, my, uh, my, uh, guy know was like, uh, if you have another kid, you like need to be very close to wherever yeah. you're going to give birth. Cause it's going to be fast.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very likely. I mean, I would never say that to somebody cause you never know, <laughs> mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, it's, po- it's very possible that you could have a precipitous birth, especially since you pushed like a second timer, <laughs> yeah. you know, that's when you, you don't often hear that with women having their first babies. Cause they're really, the tissue needs to stretch. And if it hasn't stretched before it can take um, a, a while for the tissue to be responsive to the baby's head, which is, it, it's a good thing. It's not a bad thing, but, um, usually with the second timers that can go much, much faster. Well, think about, do you want to be in a car in labor or do you want somebody else to be in a car when you're in labor? Yeah.
0: I don't know if I could handle being in labor in a car. That seems horrendous. I don't know how women do that.
1: Yeah. They, well, they do because they have to, yeah. I always think it's so funny how like people always praise, um like whoever is like like if a woman has a baby on an airplane everyone's always like thanking the podiatrist who happened to be there I'm like that woman just gave birth 30,000 feet above freaking land and you're saying oh thank goodness there was a like podiatrist there like shut the fuck up give me credit she just gave birth in a freaking airplane so (laughs) I'm always like that woman is amazing
0: Seriously. Seriously. Because I definitely mean I'm not a loud person by nature. Like I'm like pretty quiet even when I'm in pain, but I made a seat. What you it is very hard to be quiet when you're in labor.
1: Like yeah, it, yeah. Well, it's it's intense. It's a way of releasing that energy. Yeah. And it, well, you'd be surprised. People are really, really, really different in labor. I mean, like from like you never know, you never know if you're gonna be one of those people that's just like moving around. I've been with women who were like perfectly still, like just perfectly still, perfectly quiet. Not because she thought she had to, it's just what she did, right? I mean, when at home birth, you can do whatever you want. Nobody cares. You just do whatever you want. You're like, have your baby, you know, on the toilet, have your baby in the shower, have your baby in the dining room, whatever. You just have you just have your baby wherever you are. And, you know, and, and women act so, and, and laboring people act so, like there's such a wide Range of the experience, so yeah, I definitely was like a low moaner, kind of that kind of sound.
0: <laughs> well, I was yelling so high that my doula was like, "You need to save." She was like, "I understand you're having a lot of feelings, but like, you need to save some energy." <laughs> right,
1: right, right, right. Well, then energy goes up that way, but but you you turned it around quickly because that's yeah. going down. Well, and and who knows? Because the truth is, if it was happening that fast, Rebecca. Um, you might've been trying to slow it down. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like that. I mean, normally we'll say low deep sounds to kind of help the tissue soften, but your body was maybe in a little bit more of a stress response because it was going so quickly, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think, I mean, obviously we want to do things that are going to support you in labor, but I, I don't think you did anything wrong. You know, you were just doing what kind of instinctually felt right for some women, if they do that kind of, High pitched screaming. Their their couches closed, right? Mm. Well, that was that didn't happen to you. <laughs> yeah, that was not the case for me. <laughs> that was not the case for you. So I had a woman. I had a woman. She was having her second baby. No, third, third baby, and she was um she was on hands and knees, and she literally rolled onto her back in her when she was pushing her baby out. Well, normally we don't think like, oh, let's put, let's come onto your back. We didn't tell her to do that. She just did it on her own and she was trying to slow down her labor. Like she just knew the baby was rocketing out of her body and she was like, whoa, I got to turn the brakes on. And so she just went from hands and knees, kind of rolled over her butt, laid back and then birthed her baby. But it was, it was something that she did kind of instinctually, you know, just to slow it down. So, you know, when we're in. It's like, it's so interesting that nobody was there because no nobody up from the hospital staff, Yeah. because when that happens, I mean, that's like an undisturbed birth. You just did what you needed to do. I mean, that's why I like home birth because there's nobody like telling you to get up on the bed and spread your legs. You know, you just, you birth, most people will birth in a forward leaning position um, with often on their knees, super, super common position to birth a baby in, right? Because that's what she chooses. It's not like, oh, this is the prescribed position. Now you have to get up on in this, like, I mean, it's not totally supine, but it's like a semi reclined position and push your baby out there. So the doctor can sit on a swivel chair, you know, I mean, I had, I, I always say to my students, I know we're talking about birth and we should be talking about yoga, but it's all yoga, say, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> yoni yoga. It's yoni. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think a really good question to ask your care providers, am I free to choose the birth position of my choice? You know, and when you ask that question, the answer is really, really telling. And I had a person tell me that she said that to her OB and he said, I'm not getting on my knees. Uh. That was his response, which is hilarious because that's where midwives are all the time. We're always on our knees. We're kneeling in front of a woman. We're we're never like in a swivel chair, right? That's not not where a midwife sits to give, because the the laboring person is on the ground. So we have to be on the ground. So it's just really interesting that he said he wouldn't get on his knees. And I was just like, I've got every (laughs) single baby on my knees, you know, (laughs) like literally, I don't think I've ever got a baby not on my knees. I mean, maybe in a standing birth, it was one in the shower. I wasn't on my knees. I think I was standing,
0: but yeah. I can't imagine. I did not want to go on the bed. And it's so interesting you say about slowing it down. Cause the other thing I kept doing is like naturally crossing my legs during the birth. Like I was standing and I just kept crossing my legs and they kept being like, the baby is not going to come out with your legs crossed. And I was like, I don't, I just like, couldn't stop doing it. It was so yeah. strange.
1: Yeah. That's like instinctual. I think that's so cool. And normally, yeah, you do have to keep your legs wide, but there was something like, there was something inside of you that said you had to do it that way, and that's my guess is that you were just kind of slowing it down a little bit because that baby was coming through, Hudson yeah. was coming through like a with a
0: very big head. So, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to ask you actually, now that we're talking about birth, um, so my doula was saying, and I've read this a lot, to push on the inhale. What do you think about that?
1: You know, I think you can push however you want. Mm. You know, okay. I think you can you can push however you want. I mean, on the inhale, the pelvic floor muscles are released down. So I'd say try pushing on the inhale, try pushing on the exhale, and whatever one feels better, do that. Mm, okay. So, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? I don't really have, I don't really have like that. I don't, I
0: think either should, way is fine.
1: Well, I just think try which try both ways and see which way just feels better in your body. Babies are often born on an exhale because you do that exhale pushing. So you're making a uh Huh. So, you know, and maybe inhale pushing works for some people and maybe it doesn't for others. So, or maybe next time around. So yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, either way, fun. either way, do, do what you do. I mean, do what you do. I mean, you freaking crossed your legs to like, and you gave birth to your baby just beautifully. You know what I mean? So I, I just, I just trust that kind of instinctual nature that we have. I just, I just trust it. I've been to enough births. I've seen women do everything, like everything. Like I was with a woman once, and this is my one of my favorite stories. She was like, literally walking by her dining room, her uh, coffee table, and she put her, she put her foot up on her cha- the table. She's just walking by and throw, like, put her leg up there. And the baby's head was a little crooked, and we had talked to her about like walking up and down the steps. And I, it's like terrible to have somebody like, walking up and down the steps when they don't want to. And she was like, I'm not going to do that. And then we're like, okay. And then she walked by the <laughs> coffee table and she just put her leg up and that baby's head rotated and like came out like, like got wow. really well applied. And then shortly after that, she like pushed her baby out. But you know, like that, if you were to say like, oh, just put your leg up on the coffee table, like, like midwives, we know things like that. We do have like little tricks and things that we know how to help support babies to come through the pelvis, of course. But often mamas know too. You know, and it's not, it's not like, oh, like we know in our neocortex, because it's like, we've seen it happen before. And that's, it's something that we've seen and know, and studied. But with like women, when they're in that, and they're like mammalian brain, you're in that primal brain. That's the part of your brain that actually knows how to give birth. It's the neocortex. It's like freaking out. Like, oh my God, what the heck was I thinking? Right. But if we get bypass that and go a little bit deeper into the the gray matter, you know, we 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 there is that instinctual nature because we are animals. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. <I> evolved. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, very evolved. <laughs> that's so interesting too, because I do feel like it's almost that's like kind of like the gift of my yoga practice is that ability to like realize what my body needs. Because if I just, you know only think you know in the front of my brain about like what I need I I never really know and that's why I don't let myself rest or whatever so I feel like I don't know that's definitely a gift of the yoga practice um I remember from your trainings like you being so good at teaching alignment and like kind of Iyengar or you know all kinds in- of yoga. Iyengar in- 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 informed. Informed. <laughs> Iyengar informed. Uh, have you? I- did you ever teach like uh, vinyasa or Iyengar informed yoga, or have you always just taught prenatal well, and mostly, or not? Just?
1: I taught. I taught a regular I call it uh, you know hatha class. Hatha. That's how you say it. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> hatha is not a word, but I taught hatha class um, for probably a couple of years. It, it was like a noon class. It was at Yoga Tree Valencia. And I liked it. It was, but it was never, it was never my passion, you know, whereas prenatal yoga cu- came out of my absolute passion for midwifery care and birthing bodies and and um and babies and all of that. So teaching, I, I kind of taught that class because I thought I should, you know, I was like, I really, you know. I should teach a regular class and I did have students who would come to that class who did yoga with me when they were pregnant. So I wanted, I wanted there to be a place for them to come and for us to still practice, but it was never, it was never my passion. And I'd always be like, Oh yeah, I got to teach my hot to class today. You know? And I was never really, it wasn't, it wasn't like prenatal is, you know, I'm going to be teaching prenatal till forever. My husband said something about retiring. I was like, what are you talking to me? I'm not retiring. (laughs) tiring. <laughs> I'll be the oldest prenatal yoga teacher alive. That's my goal. That's my goal to be the oldest prenatal yoga teacher alive. <laughs> In every
0: class you teach, like I've been to so many of your classes, every class, every training, your enthusiasm, like it is so clear that what you do is your passion. <laughs> it's amazing.
1: Well, it's, you know, I feel really fortunate to have found something that I love as much as I do. I mean, what I do for a living is I get to stand at the threshold of somebody's life completely changing, whether for the first time or all over again. And that is like, you know, I, I, I missed that about midwifery. You know, that what I missed about midwifery, I missed the births, I really miss the births because they're fucking cool because women are fucking awesome. And they cross their legs when they need to, and they scream when they need to. And then they push their babies out without anybody else in the room, any, any doctors in the room with just the people that they, they chose you you give your birth only with the people that you chose to be there. Like how cool is that? <laughs> I just think that you handpicked your doula and you married that dude, right? <laughs> or, or maybe not married, but it's your yeah. partnership with that guy, right? So oh yeah, we tried. You, you did say you're married. Um. So anyway, like it's it's such a cool thing, like the, the the to be able to do that and witness it. It's tricky on Zoom though. I mean, it is. You know, and and I always have. I always have my students that I like, it's, you can do whatever you want. It's my preference that you have your camera on. So I know you, if you don't have your camera on, I, I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know your dog. I don't know your kid. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's the yoga for me. Work, working with these students is about relationships. I walked into a, a a studio, our art studio, art gallery yesterday. And, you know, we both have masks on. It's like a little pop-up in Noi Valley. And the woman in the chair said, "Jane, I was like, hi." She said, "Jamie, I did your class. My my kids are. Did she say? I forget what um, her kids, but but like fifteen, like a <laughs> long time ago. So if there's like something so beautiful about being at that window in people's lives. You know, it's such a." unique time and you don't have to like being pregnant hopefully the yoga can make you feel a little bit better but to be able to to witness like the thousands of women and birthing folks that I've met like that's that's amazing like that's I'm just yeah yeah I like what I do (laughs) And, and I like and I and it's not really about the asana. I mean, yeah, I like the asana and trikonasana, put your foot here and do this and blah, blah, blah. Like, I, I like that. But but prenatal yoga is not about the asana. You got to have something to teach, but it's really about holding the space and being able to um, support your students and guide them and reassure them and be a cheerleader. I mean, I'm a cheerleader for their pelvic floor muscle function. <laughs> I just did my mama tree one. i got a mama tree two coming up. I'm so stoked. I'm so stoked for that. It's going to be so fun, you know, just to get to hang out with these people, especially with mama tree two, because those are people who really, really, really want to like deepen their knowledge and are just in the, in the rabbit hole of prenatal yoga. <laughs> well, you've taught it for a long time. Yeah. I love, I love it. I mean, I mostly just like, I don't know.
0: I just like being, yeah, I loved it. And I especially loved it when I was pregnant, I loved teaching when I prenatal yoga yeah, when were I was Were you a giggling
1: pregnant. lotus? Were you a giggling I lotus? I was,
0: and I was at uh, Left Coast Power. I, by then I was at Left I was living in Oakland by the time I was pregnant.
1: Oh yeah. Rachel, Rachel just reached yeah. out to me. She wants me to do my mama tree training over there.
0: Oh, honestly, best students. I love teaching their training. So. Oh
1: really? Oh. Awesome. Really did? Yeah. Oh, cool. Wait, are you in Oakland now? Where are you no, now? No, I live in Chicago. Okay. Uh, that's why I'm Central Time. I was like, What's yeah. Central Time. You live in Chicago. Is that where you're from?
0: No, it's where my husband is from.
1: Oh, okay. So yeah. when you did you go for the during the pandemic?
0: We went right before and not knowing it was going to happen, but it ended up, you know, his parents are here and they're retired and they're very involved with Hudson. So it's really that's good. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where he is right now. That's why it's quiet.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, that's, oh, that's sweet. That's super sweet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't realize You were in Chicago. So do you have, a, have, I mean, I guess if you got there right before the pandemic, have you found your like yoga community at all? No, I found
0: one teacher I love and um, during the pandemic she quit teaching yoga. So that's <laughs> a
1: find. Uh, and that's why you're like I've got to do a home uh, a home uh, a podcast about home. Practice. Yes. <laughs> wait. Wait to, to sleep inspiration. <laughs>
0: Getting back to home practices though, I want to ask you, so you said you've been using the chair to do, uh, legs up the wall or shoulder stand, shoulder stand.
1: Yeah. Shoulder stand
0: and the Burita Karani. Weekly. Have you noticed, like, what are the, the differences you've noticed since you've started doing them weekly?
1: Oh, I just love them so much. I love them so much. Um, I, um, I, I was a real big headstander. Like, I really, really, really like headstand. And interestingly enough, during the pandemic, I'm actually doing more shoulder stands mm-hmm. than headstands, which is kind of crazy to me because, I mean, an Iyengar, if you go to an advanced Iyengar class, you you could do a 10 minute headstand easy. Like, that. that's like something that you do in an Iyengar, advanced Iyengar class. So, that's something that I did for a long time, did those long hold headstands and I'm just I don't know if it has to do with age I just am not as inclined to to do that and I just love the support of the chair and I just think it's probably just having that that kind of structure of the chair to kind of support you to be in that great alignment um so yeah I think it you know they sit Mr. Iyengar says that like if you should like out of any pose you should do, like as you age, it would be inversions, you know, that you should invert. So I've, I've always like remembered that and always thought, well, I'm always going to have an inversion practice. So that's why um, I try to invert at least twice a week is kind of how, how much I do it. And sometimes, I mean, I still do headstands. Of course I do headstands. I just don't do the long hold headstands. You know, I would do, Um, you know, 50, like, like I did have a home practice for a while that I did a a 50 breath headstand. Every time I practiced, you know, I literally had a practice that was designed to prepare me for headstand. And I got that from my teacher, Kate Holcomb. So Kate, Kate is my yoga sutra. And actually we did a lot of chanting at the beginning of the pandemic. So I, we did a weekly uh, chanting of uh, yoga sutra. Um, and then kind of as the pandemic wore on people, the group got a little like smaller and less, it just kind of got zoomed out, you know, and kind of hit that zoom wall. So I haven't been doing that as much. My sister is a real big chanter too. So sometimes I get to ch- the opportunity to chant with her, which is awesome. 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 So And that's great practice. I mean, that's a great practice. And there's a great... I have these great CDs from Sonia Nelson. Sonia Nelson is a a yoga sutra teacher and chanting instructor. And so back in the day, CDs, right? When we have CDs, I would just put her tutorials. So she breaks down each of the sutras and then you just chant, like call and response, you know, chant. And I just remember my kids, you know, the second chapter begins with tapa, tapaha, swadraya, ishara pranagana, right? So i put it on, and Leo in the back would be like, no tapaha, no Ha! <laughs> I would think that they would like it, but they, they did not like it. He wanted wheels in the bus. He wanted he wanted, I wanted, to a nice he wanted yeah. you know, he wanted Justin Roberts. He did not want tapaha. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, no tapa, no tapa. Although they love the Gayatri. They love the Gayatri mantra. So it wasn't, I, I also don't have a very good voice. And and the truth is both my children are musicians. The My son is in music school right now. And my daughter is a classically trained uh, opera singer. <laughs> Really sing, even though I'm I'm enthusiastic as you know, but I'm not that good at singing. So it could have been just like I don't want to listen to you, mom.
0: Oh yeah, they had like perfect pitch at that age, and (laughs) they were like, "You
1: are off. You're totally that that is not right." (laughs) I'm the same.
0: I'm the same, and I'm just waiting for the day because you know I sing my son a couple songs before bed, and (laughs) I'm just waiting for the day for him to be like, "Please stop."
1: Yeah, that, that, that absolutely happened. That absolutely, it, didn't, it never really happened with my daughter, but I think by the time I was singing to her, I was actually singing to her brother more, the baby, I was singing to the baby more than I was singing to her. So I don't ever remember her telling me not to sing, but I definitely remember my son being like, yeah, no,
0: <laughs> please let that go.
1: <laughs> it's funny. I always wanted them to sing together and they never would. They just bugged me. They wouldn't do it. Like, you know, when she was he he's he's a mandolin player he's at berkeley college of music in boston and uh and like i said she's a she's a singer and i always wanted them to sing and then one day they're like oh mom we have something we want for you and they sang sang we blackbird was like (laughs) oh my gosh i mean i was like that's like a dream come true (laughs) I can't even imagine
0: that's such like I mean I understand people, you know, don't have kids for all kinds of reasons, but that is an argument to have kids like a hundred percent. Like wow, what a moment. Like sure you were up all night all the time, but like wow, what a moment. (laughs)
1: What a moment. What a moment. Well, you know, that's what I love about parenting and and mothering in particular is that it's not like the trips to Disneyland. It's those moments and thank God, because I never want to go to Disneyland. That place is but that's not for me. That's place is not for me. So whatever. And I know people love it. And go, go, go to Disney. And I just, I'm just not gonna go. And I fortunately, my daughter was terrified of big um, you know, people in animal costumes. So she would w- was never even an option for us to go. So I was like, good, I got a pass on that one. But it's it's not it's not that. And yeah, we went to Paris when she was a baby, and you know, like that's just fun. That that's just stuff's fun and fine, but it's like those little. Moments that are that that are kind of unremarkable that make it so amazing and like something as simple as my son saying to me, um, like he says a couple of weeks ago, he's like, "Mom, you really should call me more." Oh, <laughs> my twenty-one-year-old son told me I should call him more. I'm like, my heart just completely imploded and it just got chills. I mean, it was like. I just want to bug him, you know, I want to yeah. bug him. He's in college and he's finally like has a college, college experience, right? You know, he's junior and he's just having a great time. He's living with a bunch of boys, musicians, and they're always jamming. And I just didn't want to be that person that was nagging him. He's like, you really should call Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. <laughs> yeah, he's a, he's a really kind person. I mean, that's like, like as a parent. Like, I can honestly say that the fact that my children are kind, like, melts my heart. They're like, you know, and, and part of that is, I'm sure, like, growing up with kindness being valued, for sure. But, you know, people have all kinds of stuff that that um, dictates their um, actions. And I just am so grateful that they have, you know, that they have that, that kind kindness in them you know that's that's like the yoga that's the moment where you're like yeah
0: <laughs> oh, and I just love what you said about the uh, the real parenting being like a like your the apology parent like I did I yelled at Hudson he poured like an entire pitcher of water on the floor and I was gonna anyway I so yeah, I like yelled yeah, at him yeah. totally. and then I said I told him I was sorry and that I made a mistake. Like I got angry and I made a mistake. And then all day he was walking around going, "Mommy made a mistake." <laughs>
1: <I was> like... <laughs> yes, he did. He reminded you of your humanity. <laughs> um, I love it. Oh, I love it so much. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. And you have those moments. And you know, it's so funny. My sisters and I, we. um, we're having this conversation we were all together with my brother as well. And we were all kind of, it was sort of like true confessions. It was like, we were just talking about like our really weak moments, parenting where there was yelling or I just remember grabbing Leo one time by the arm and dragging him to his room. And then there was like a red hand Mark on his arm. I was like, Oh my God. I'm like practically like crying, thinking about it. Like it was so, like that was like not okay, and of course I apologized, and and and. But you know, well, my sisters and I were having this kind of true confession, and my brother, who's actually a narcissist, he's like, "Oh my God, you guys are terrible parents," and he's actually. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, just being willing to 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 be honest. I mean, that's what that's why I love yoga so much. Is that you can't really lie. Mm. You can't really lie in your yoga man. If you do, it's not even really yoga. It's just performance, or it's a trick or it's gymnastics, you know, whatever, like whatever. Uh, you know, I kind of my days of being impressed by like fancy postures, like, yeah. And and I and I can still do some of those poses. And, and they're fun to do. I always feel like those are like yoga parties, you know. <laughs> I can do I can do a scorpion. It's kind of a little yoga party. But I mean, you know, I've, I've definitely had like really beautiful moments in those like big postures, but, um, a lot of it's ego though, for me, you know, to try to get into those poses and hold those poses. And, you know, I, I don't, I just don't need that so much anymore. (laughs) But It's still fun. I mean, I still like doing handstands and stuff like that. So, but, um, yeah, it, it keeps you honest. It keeps me honest. That's why I, and I'm grateful. I mean, the pandemic has been so terrible on so many levels, but I am grateful for the for the timeout, you know, just like just a timeout to reassess, figure out what's working, figure out what's not working. And then, um, yeah, make some choices, make some decisions. You know, with both of the kids came home, um, you know, last March. So the house was full of three adults, I mean, four adults. So that was bit though. <laughs> Like, yoga? Like, I did not do that much yoga back then. I mean, I just, there was, like, literally no space. And I was, I didn't have this room. I was teaching in the dining room. I'd have to move the dining room table into the living room to make a, and then, of course, my classes are at 1030. That's, like, when everybody's waking up, you know, my my adult children. They're, like, making breakfast in the kitchen, and it's right next to the dining room, which is where I'm teaching. (laughs) I was, like have to be quiet from this window to this window and I did I did Sean Helene did some he had a bunch of classes that he was teaching so uh often I would just keep my mat out and do a little yoga you know do some little zoom zoom recorded you know classes on YouTube or whatever but it was not it was like in it was like in chaos again (laughs) that's why I love this space it's like oh my
0: yeah. And then you appreciate it even more because it was so far from what you had when you started.
1: Oh, I totally appreciate it. A room of my own, you know, and, you know, I actually, we, we live in, um, what is it? 12,000 feet, 12,000 square feet. It's pretty small. Right. But I also think that I'm really good at getting along with people because we have, to, we have one bathroom mm-hmm. one. Yeah. Yeah, one bathroom. That's a special experience. <laughs> and I always thought we'd have another bathroom, but for financial reasons and stuff, like trying to do anything in San Francisco is just was it was just too cost cost prohibitive for us. We just couldn't even afford it. Like you know, we we could pay our mortgage. <laughs> that's about it. So we never, you know, I always fantasize when we bought the house, we're like, Oh, well, of course we'll put in a bathroom. Well, and then I was like, of course, when the kids are teenagers, we're going to need another bathroom and never happened. So we just are really good at navigating in small spaces, you know? And I always feel like that's, that's also a skill. (laughs) It's a huge skill. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, I, I we have five kids in my family of origin, so I'm and i and I'm a twin, so I've always been good at sharing. Like I wasn't even born alone, you know. Like right. <laughs> I, you know, mikasa sukasa, you know, like I will, I'll share anything with people, like because uh, I've never, I've never had that, like oh, this is this is mine you know, feeling, I mean, I do have it. <laughs> I'm like, this room is mine, <laughs> you know, but, but it does make me value. It does make me value it, but it also makes me, I do think that that's a skill to to be able to get along, um, you know, in tight spaces and navigating other people's, um, you know, we all have to do it. I don't, I'm not like, I'm the only one doing it. Everybody in the family does it, but I think that's, I think that's just one of the reasons why the kids, they're just like good roommates, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're good roommates. My son puts the seat down. He wouldn't even dream of not putting the seat down. And I, that was like, that was a deal breaker for me. My ass as a child hit that toilet water all the time because my dad would never put the seat down. And I was like, that's a no go. That is a no go in my family. And my husband was fine. He that was his like he he had older sisters. That was like he knew he knew that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> my husband too. He his mother definitely taught him very well about things like that. He's yeah, very yeah. good partner in that way. Very thoughtful. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. You gotta be. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> my ass hits the water as an adult. I'm just mad. not in my own house. Not in my own house. Even if I happen to be out in the seats up, I'm like, God damn it. I got a damn seat. You know, come on. You already touched it once to lift it up. Just (laughs) put it down. Just put it down. (laughs) Were your parents at all interested in yoga or anything? How did you and your sister both get? (laughs) Lord, Lord, Lord. No, no, they (laughs) were not. Dad was in the military. He's a civilian who worked in the military for his entire life. He literally had a buzz cut. Um, my mom, you know, I think I went to my first yoga class with my mom at the YWCA in Dayton, Ohio. So <laughs> I think mom did a couple of, you know, kind of back in the 70s, right? Um, no, the, it didn't come from them. It actually, it, it came when I moved to San Francisco. and I lived really close to the integral yoga uh, Institute on Dolores. And so I, I went there a few times and, and then I went to the Shivananda that used to have a place kind of in the um, hate, like I said, kind of hate, uh, like on that borderline mm-hmm. um, of the sunset and the hate. Um, and uh, yeah, no, I, I, I kind of found it on my own. I practiced yoga when I was pregnant at the integral Institute. And that, I feel like that's, I always say that's where like the seed was planted for me to start teaching prenatal yoga. Um, because I was, I just really felt strong and powerful and beautiful. And, and I was, it was a seed. And then I was like, oh, I can actually offer this because I was already a midwife. So I, I did all my midwifery training, my doula work and midwifery work before I had my kids then. So I had all the, I had all the midwife stuff. Um, And then I had, I had my daughter and did prenatal yoga and then with my son, I actually practiced at an Ashtanga studio because I just didn't. I, the prenatal yoga wasn't, it wasn't meeting me where I was, where it was at. So I decided to just start teaching prenatal yoga. I actually hadn't even done a training. <laughs> literally Tara Dale to this day, bless Tara Dale's heart. She, I literally gave her a two-sided resume and one was like all my midwifery experience and all my yoga experience and at the bottom I was like and I want to combine the two and teach prenatal yoga and she was like hired <laughs> I was like that's cool so I started teaching prenatal yoga before I started before I even did a teacher training and about I think I was been teaching for maybe two years I was like I should really do a training <laughs> So like you could actually like get a job at a yoga studio without having done a freaking training. What the heck? <laughs> That's not a thing anymore. So so I did a training um and then and then you know really just developed my own style of teaching. So I've always done this work. I literally heard the word midwife like in a way that like made my brain go boom in 1989. I had just moved to San Francisco. I saw this thing that was called Women, Witches, and Midwives. And it was like a lecture, and there was a woman, there was a witch, and there was a midwife. And I listened to this woman talk, and I was like, midwifery, that's like a thing? I thought it was like this old-fashioned thing. So I was, I think I was 22. I'm 54 now. I've been doing this the whole time. amazing the whole time the whole time I mean there's nothing more incredible to me than pregnancy and childbirth and I learn stuff every day and postpartum of course I learn stuff every day I'm not done you know it's not like I know everything I know a lot did you notice my uterus earrings by the way yes back? I did <laughs> I know I tried to do this a couple times with my hair just to... <laughs> my friend Alex Rossi gave me these like <laughs> I like they're like sort of subtle because at first you're like oh is that is it oh it is oh it is, oh, are, they, are, those, is that, are those Rams <laughs> it could be it could be I'm an Aries can't you tell yeah <laughs> so yeah so this is so like in terms of teaching I, I, this is just I've always been in this realm it was like I I, I grew up in birth I became a a woman around female. Energy embodied, you know, embodied female energy. So that's always been where I'm fueled. You know, it's where I'm fueled. So,
0: <laughs> yeah, gosh, I, yeah, I, I mean, I just, I, I honestly, like, I don't think I think I feel like part of the reason my labor worked and like my body, I mean, I love being pregnant, like it was, and I know that's not true forever, and I'm very lucky, and you know, it can't be helped for some people not lucky. but I feel like my love of, and an appreciation of my body is from you. Like I, Uh, I feel like the reason that I trusted myself and the reason that my labor was smooth and even postpartum, which is a whole nother hell, honestly, (laughs) the reason I survived it is because I feel like uh, doing your trainings and your classes prepared me for it in in a way that I don't think anything else could have. Honestly.
1: Well, I appreciate that. So (laughs) I appreciate that so much. And like that, I mean, I, I experienced that from yoga, you know, that seed that was planted when I'm like, I literally, I don't know if you've, I've I've told you the story, but if you've heard me say the story, I was literally, I I could literally tell you what I was wearing in that moment of doing warrior two. It's one of the reasons why I always teach warrior two doing warrior two and just having this totally like embodied moment in yoga. And it wasn't until, you know, a lot longer after that, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And then I'm practicing, I'm starting to practice lots of yoga. And my sister's like, you gotta do yoga. Like at this new studio in Noe Valley. it's amazing. The yoga shala. So that was there 20 plus years ago. And the, the guy who had that studio had childcare. And it just meant that the desk person watched three or four kids during, you know, a day class. And to this day, like I, I went to maybe two, two, sometimes three yoga classes a week and to this day the guy who owns that studio like I am forever grateful because that was really my launch into teaching prenatal yoga mm-hmm. so I love that you had that experience that's really beautiful and and the truth is like that's that like that's amazing but what's equally amazing to me is that when somebody tells me that they felt really prepared, for their unplanned cesarean birth Mm -hmm. because of the yoga practice. I'm like, (laughs) you know, I'm so glad I don't really have an agenda about how people should birth where they should birth. I mean, I think you need to birth where you feel safe. First of all, that's like the number one, I did not mean to give you a hard time about having home birth, no. but I was just thinking about being in a car. Yeah. <laughs> no, I... you don't ever be in a car. No, <laughs> but like people need to birth where they feel they feel safe, and you know, being able to just hold space so that 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 when the time comes and your body opens whichever way that is, that that you can be present in that moment, you know, and not be traumatized. And you know, my my. My whole hope for everybody who gives birth is that they come out of that experience feeling whole, right? That they feel whole and not that something was taken from them or something was done to them or they were disrespected or, they were dis- or there was disconnection. Like that to me is tragic. And we have a culture that doesn't value the birth experience, mm-hmm. right? It's deemed medical And we got to get that baby out of there as quickly as possible because you're dangerous for your baby. Right. And then like, how could you not be traumatized by that? You know, if you're like, if the care is set up, like you are inherently dangerous for your baby. And then once your baby has been rescued from your body, you're completely discarded. You get one appointment and bye-bye. Good luck, lady. Good luck. Right. Like it's so traumatizing to people because it's not held in sacred space. And so the yoga just gives us an opportunity to hold people in a sacred space and then hopefully they can find that space for themselves when the time comes you know to birth their babies and to own their babies to own on the operating table or whatever or whatever it looks like so yeah it's just it's such a such a cool job <laughs> I'm like, this is what I do for a living. This is I, for a living. <laughs> <laughs> I use a <the> job jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> so do you see yourself teaching again? Like when your life gives you that space? Are yeah. you doing it at all?
0: Yeah, I'm also being pretty careful right now because uh, my kid can't be vaccinated. So, I'm yeah. being a little more careful about being in places. But, yeah, I want to I miss teaching and I would love to teach prenatal again, honestly.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Anything I can do to help you. Thank Anything you. To help you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah, of course, of course. So. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh my gosh, it's so good you to talk. half. and a half. I'm sorry it took me a while. Sometimes emails just like drop to the bottom. They just start
0: oh my drop. gosh, Jane. I was looking at your schedule and I was like, I mean, she's pretty busy. <laughs> me because I was like looking at when we could schedule this and I was like wow she is a busy woman wow yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah
1: yeah and this fall is particularly busy because I did the I'm doing the trainings and all of that so
0: which we definitely put in the show notes so so where can everyone find you I'll put all this in the show notes too oh
1: but. awesome awesome so I'm Jane um, com is me my school is called mama tree and uh, yeah and I'm, I'm Jane Austen Yoga on instagram and prenatal yoga with Jane Austen on facebook if you do that if you still do that so and such a I, haven't, ex- I haven't done TikTok yet. I haven't done TikToks yet. <laughs> oh my gosh, you'd be so good at it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm doing Instagram lives and I'm doing some videos, you know, I do a little like, this is how you do video. But yeah, maybe one day I'll, I'll figure out how to do TikTok. But my tech support is not here.
0: No,
1: fair enough. <laughs> I, gotta wait till, I gotta wait till summer when my tech support's here. <laughs> my, husband <laughs> not, my husband doesn't even know what TikTok is. <laughs> Well, yeah, and it, honestly, like
0: anyone who's listening, this is like such a good opportunity because you don't usually you can only usually get Jane if you're in the Bay Area. So get with her while she's on Zoom.
1: <laughs> while well, on Zoom, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely going to continue to teach on Zoom just because I have people from all over. And then, like mm-hmm. when people like you, like let's say you were ever to get pregnant again, I don't know if that's your story, but if you were and you're in Chicago, like you could do yoga with me. You know, I had I've had a. Half a dozen students from literally from Chicago take my classes, but, you know, during the pandemic. So I will always, I, I mean, I think that the pandemic has really shifted the industry,
0: mm-hmm. you know,
1: so I will teach live soon. I, I'm probably not going to do it until um, until January because um, my son's going to come home and I don't want to have to like sub out all my classes. And I even remember what a pain in the butt getting subs was. It was just like, oh, if you were like getting away for two weeks or God forbid, three weeks. And having to like find subs for all your classes, like, oh, so stressful. So stressful, especially the prenatal classes, right? And yeah, yeah. not your everyday vinyasa flow. <laughs> subclasses for me yeah which is
0: terrifying i see why it's hard for you to get subs because it is terrifying because it's like oh gosh i hope everyone knows on it's not jane today before they yeah, get yeah. here
1: i hope they oh know. my god there's 50 freaking people here Fifty
0: pregnant <laughs> people. oh my gosh i'm blushing thinking i'm like getting hot <laughs>
1: I know. I don't know if that's ever gonna happen again. I mean, that was like I I I honestly didn't think it was ever gonna go away. So I didn't even, I mean, I of course I valued it because it was so fun and crazy and like I like, oh my God, every single pregnant person in San Francisco is actually in this room. <laughs> <laughs> like, how, how did that happen? So yeah, but I will definitely teach classes again, but I don't think I don't think it's gonna be that. <laughs>
0: Well, I'm okay. glad I'll be able to find you on Zoom. Maybe I'll maybe I'll have to come to your postnatal because I'm like I'm post postnatal at least. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: post postnatal, I've got a gal right now; she's a four year old. Okay, great. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's not the same. I mean, I do I do an hour long. It's, it's Mondays at noon and uh, Pacific time, and it's an hour and including Shavasana. So it's kind of a little mini Shavasana. It's definitely pelvic floor focused and you know reestablishing core stability, and then like. Then we do intros and we just say hi. And some, some of the people who have older kids, they just they just go ahead and pop off. But a lot of the people want to say hi and meet the littler babies. And then if the babies are wanting to do it, I just lead them in a the little tiny baby yoga. So that's like, you know, and you got to do it like, you know, sometimes people try to do it with like crawlers. They're like, yeah, they're going to crawl away. Yeah, but They got to be immobile. If you're going to be like moving their limbs around, they can't be moving them themselves. Yeah, no. <laughs> but that's, you know. So that's like, it's really pre-crawler, you know, because the crawlers aren't really interested in you, you know, doing this to their limbs, <laughs> really do that to their own limbs, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'd be welcome to come. You would be more, I would love it. Okay, great. Super, super sweet to have you. So <laughs> it's not weird at all. And I actually, I'd have people come back in my postnatal classes with the babies in the room with the kids, with older kids, just because the class time worked and they liked the class. So yeah. I was like. Great. Come on in. It's your lunch break. Perfect. <laughs> you just have to be okay with like a lot of screaming babies in the room.
0: Not oh, amazing. as long as it's <laughs> not your baby, it's fine. I honestly.
1: <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> oh, this was so fun. You are a doll. I appreciate Yay. you so much. Uh, take care. <laughs>
0: I hope you enjoyed that interview. I know I so enjoyed talking to her and then editing it and everything. Um, and if you haven't had the chance to study with her, I really, really recommend it. If you have any questions about it at all and you're curious, please let me know. I would love to chat with you about it. If it's something you've been thinking about um, doing a prenatal training or if you are pregnant or thinking about getting pregnant and you want to work with a yoga instructor who has that in mind, really recommend Jane. Uh, One thing that we didn't get into in the interview that I think about so much, she taught me so much as a teacher too, about how to be a good teacher, not just prenatal yoga, but um, Jane remembers every single person's name and their entire story. Like if you were, you know, if you had gestational diabetes and your name is Evelyn and your baby is this old, Jane will remember. She will remember 10 years later. Um, And I remember one time somebody was talking to her about it in one of our trainings and she said, like, there's no excuse. Basically, it was interesting. Someone was like, I'm bad with names. She's like, that's not an excuse. Like, you need to learn everyone's name because they they're they're so your students are precious. And for them to trust you in this part of their life and just in general, in this yoga room, like for them to trust you, you need to remember their names. And she said it much gentlier than, much more gentle than that. But I can remember that writing that in my notebook, like know your students' names and like underlining it over and over. And it really did change the way I taught. Like you just, if you're a teacher and you're wondering how to like make more connections, like that is number one, like know their names, <laughs> you know, it, it means a lot and remember what they tell you um, yeah, uh, gems like that. And so much I learned from her in those trainings. So if that's ever something you're interested in, I really, really do recommend it. Um, and that is all for today. Uh, please keep enjoying practicing and let's see, well, we're going to have a podcast before Thanksgiving, so I won't say happy Thanksgiving yet, but, um, yeah, happy practicing and talk to you in two weeks. Bye.